0: Ramage stood at the taffrail looking astern. The sun had lifted clear of the eastern horizon, and as the calypso stretched into the Mediterranean, keeping to the middle of the strait to avoid being becalmed under the Spanish cliffs, he stared at the African coast. With Gibraltar and Spain on one side and the mountains of Africa on the other, the strait was known to the ancients as the Pillars of Hercules, and the pillars were perpetuated in the Spanish dollar sign. The Spaniards drew two vertical lines for the two pillars, and then entwined them with an S-shaped garland. In the distance, Ramage could now see the Ras el-Haka of the Arabs, the northwestern tip of Africa, known to British seamen as Cape Espartel, the southern gateway to the strait and unmistakable because of a long ridge of rounded mountains, which ended just behind it in a great black hummock, Jebel Kabir. Two or three miles beyond, as the coast trended south, out of the site just now was Yabila, Only 450 feet high, but a perfectly shaped breast with a dark-colored cairn on top. The reason for its Arab name, the nipple. The African coast lining the strait was harsh. Indented cliffs seemed to have been chewed by some great prehistoric monster and were littered by many rocks, white-collared where the sea broke round them. The first port was Tangier, known to the Romans as Tingis, and later called Tanja by the Arabs. What a mixture of Spanish and Arab names there was along this coast. Both the Spanish and the Moorish sides of the strait showed just how much the two peoples had been bound together in years past. Until, in fact, Ferdinand and Isabella drove the Moors out of Grenada, their last stronghold in Spain, only a few months before Columbus sailed to discover the new world. The Moors had occupied Spain for seven hundred years. How much of their character, habits, and morals had spread to the Spaniards, Ramage wondered. More than the Dons cared to admit, he suspected. Looking down at the Calypso's curling wake, Ramage was thankful she had a fair wind, and even more thankful that his preliminary orders from the Admiralty were to proceed with all dispatch— to the Mediterranean, opening his sealed orders only when Europa Point bore northwards. Their lordships were not being over-precise. Europa Point is to Gibraltar what the white cliffs of the South Foreland are to Dover. Much more to the point, he was instructed not to call it Gibraltar. Why? Did the Admiralty know that Port Admirals delighted in sending off visiting frigates on wild goose chases of their own? Or were their lordships afraid that the contents of their secret orders might be revealed? Yet what in the Mediterranean could be so secret that the Port Admiral in Gibraltar, or a commander-in-chief if there happened to be a fleet at anchor there, did not know about it? He turned to look forward over the Calypso's bow. The ship was making good time, despite a slack current. Sticking out from the Spanish shore, as though a peddler was offering him an onion by its stalk, was Tarifa, a small island linked to the Spanish mainland by a causeway. Tarifa had, for centuries, been a sally port for pirates and privateers who lurked behind its steep cliffs, waiting to pounce on passing merchant ships. It was the southernmost point of Europe, beating Europa Point by five or six miles. Well, Ramage admitted, the Pillars of Hercules held many memories for him, It had been the gateway through which, as a young midshipman, he had first passed to see and smell the black smoke of guns in battle and hear the calico-ripping noise of passing round-shot. Promotion, fear, opportunity, boredom, excitement. The smell of pines on a hot summer day along the Tuscan coast. Giana, the excited chatter of Italians a jumble of experiences. And what were those secret orders going to add to the pile? He saw the new officer of the deck come on watch. William Martin, lieutenant and son of the master shipwright at the Chatham Yard, must be about twenty-four by now. What were his thoughts on returning to the Mediterranean? His last visit brought him plenty of excitement and had given the ship's company a good deal of pleasure because Lieutenant Martin played a flute as though the instrument was part of his body.